What's up, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. And on this episode, we are unfortunately in a very somber, somber mood with everything that's going on with the social injustice and unrest that's going on in Wisconsin. And it's hard to try to to try not to sit there and talk about what all is going on. And we also touched on uh, the pandemic, COVID nineteen, and college football. So if there was ever an episode that you guys wanted to listen to, I believe this is the episode that you need to tune into for this week's episode of Guys Talking Sports. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Guys Talking Sports. Today is August 26th. Got to give a big shout out to my dad. Happy birthday, man. Love you. Uh, I know you're over there doing what you do, catering and upgrading and doing all that great stuff. So keep holding it down. I'll make sure I hold it down over here in Maryland as well. Um, also, shout out to my man, Brock. Happy birthday as well. Uh, getting old, sir. I saw the gray hairs. <laughs> Anyhow. Oh. Been there. <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say anything. I do have gray hair before he turned forty. <laughs> He's a trendsetter. <laughs> Anywho, August twenty sixth. Who would ever thought that August twenty sixth would be a day where we are going through a series of things in this this particular year that's been about as crazy as anybody could ever thought a year could be as far as everything that's going on, you know, uh, all the police brutality and everything that's going on in 2020, and I guess this shedding light to some things, and you have another senseless act of violence against a, a black, an unarmed black man in Wisconsin who gets shot seven times in the back, turns around and lives, which is a wonderful thing, but the unfortunate thing about it is he is paralyzed from the waist down. Uh, and based of all the actions that are going on, you have all of the NBA postponing all games, playoff games today, uh, the WNBA postponing games today. You have some Major League Baseball that has postponed some games. You have play, players from Major League Baseball who opted not to play as their team still went ahead and played for the day. Uh, never thought that we would be going into an episode where we would be talking about, not to say that we haven't talked about these issues in the past, but to talk about this particular sort of issue where it's really now where players and these professional athletes are really just getting sick and tired of what's going on and really starting to take a stand and say, you know what, life is more than just a game. And they're starting to you know use their voice to uh let folks know that there's there's bigger things on this on this earth that needs to be addressed and i'm just curious about how you guys feel uh you know it even touched down the TN, nba tnt set kenny smith walked off uh a lot of folks are really taking issue with this uh, i just gotta know how you guys feel earl al you know the voice your opinions um I, I'm going to defer for to, for Smooth to go first because um, I know he has a lot to um, speak about this. You know what? I'm going to try to try to be 
brief with my comments, but um, as much as I can. But obviously, we know that these acts or the shooting of people of color um, by the police, it's not something that's very, really new. Um, what happened to George Floyd, Tamir Rice, Breonna Taylor, um, the list goes on and on, are stuff that unfortunately has always happened. It's just now that everything has been recording on, you know, video phones and easily uploaded to Twitter and, you know, um, YouTube and social media. So these acts are nothing new. Um, what happened is nothing new. Um, it's just now being caught and everybody's seeing it. Not everybody is seeing it. Some people are trying to deny it and saying that, well, maybe they did something wrong. We still don't know all, you know, what happened in this particular instance um, that happened in Wisconsin, but we do know what happened in all the other, you know, instances. Um, so to me, this is the outrage and I'm like, look, we know that these problems have existed in this, in this country for far longer than any one of us have been alive. Um, and I do, you know, and I'm with, you know, everyone that's in, in a sports arena that are choosing as an NBA players, a team's choosing to boycott and not play, MLB players choosing to not play games, to boycott or not play even if their teams are playing. You know, it's, you know, I am all for that. Um, but my question has been the same as it was when George Floyd died. What are we going to do with all of this? Um, boycotting and getting in the streets, you know, is, is all well and good. But if you don't have a plan for it, what's the point? Like I said before, after George Floyd's death, if we sit out here and protest for a week or two, we're all going to go back to our lives and we'll be back in the same position in a couple of months or maybe before the end of the year. And I hate to be the one that said I told everyone so. This is what happens. So my thing with the NBA players is if you're going to boycott and not play, I wish that it would have been much more of a collective effort because it seemed a little bit disjointed. Um, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks just opted not to play. Didn't really tell the you know Orlando Magic they weren't going to play. Orlando, Orlando Magic was actually <laughs> on the court and found out that, you know, they, you know, the team wasn't coming out and then the game was postponed. And then after that, OKC and the Rockets um, um, decided they weren't going to play. And then, of course, the Lakers and, you know, Portland Trailblazers decided not to play. So all this stuff is boycotting as well and all good. But what are we going to do with this? Always hark back to the most, in my opinion, most effective boycott was the Montgomery bus boycott. There was a plan. They had a, they had a point. They had a purpose. And they were willing to do what it took, a year plus, of not getting on the buses, walking to and from their prospective jobs each and every day, rain, sleet, or snow. So what are we as a people prepared to do? I mean, if you're going to sit there and say, well, I'm not going to play, and then play tomorrow, defeats the purpose. If you're going to sit up there and say that, we feel like pawns and we're for people's amusement. You're playing basketball. It's not going to deter anybody or just shift the focus from it. If it does, that means that we are our people are not really into the, the protests or the boycott or what the problem is, you know, out there or any reasonable way to fix it at all. We just want to go out there and say we're protesting. We want to, you know, throw up our arms. And I'm all for that. But let's have a plan. Let's all of us get united. 
I mean, this is the one time we have to collect the focus of the world on our particular issues. And if we squander this by sitting there and just doing these protests and without any kind of plan, what are, we, what are we looking at getting out of it? Yes, we all want police reform, but how are we going to achieve that? You know, we need a plan. It needs to be more than just protesting and just marching and screaming at the cops. Because unfortunately, when you're angry and there's no focus, it leads to what happens in Wisconsin. There's rioting, there's looting. Then you got these, you know, agitators from outside of the, and I'm going to get to the white boy that came into Wisconsin or shooting up some people. But, you know, unless we have a plan, we're going to be back in the same predicament in a couple of weeks or even a couple of months. Um, so if you're going to protest and boycott and not play, then basically shut it down for the rest of the season. If you're going to sit there and just sit down and protest, we stand in solidarity, and then a couple of days later you still play, what was the point? Is anybody really losing any money? No. Are the people that are getting, are the people that, I don't say this, what you're trying to do, if you're trying to get police reform, the NBA can't change any police reform. The NBA owners can't change any police reform. You got to get to the power structures within your respective communities, in your states, at a local and a state level to affect that. Not playing is not going to change that. I get what you're trying to do, but I have a plan behind it. We all need to be focused and have one plan and one goal. If it's about police reform, then we all should be doing everything we can to get at a state local level to be able to affect the changes which trickle down to the police level. Even from the top down at the federal level, that's a whole different story. But I'm just saying that my... I'm with the protesting, but we need as a people to have a plan. Protesting out there and boycotting just for a day or two without any plan might seem like you woke, but we're not even doing any justice. Our, you know, great, great grandparents when they were in the Montgomery bus boycott, that was a boycott that lasted for a year. And what happened? They got the change that they wanted. Everybody was in unison. Everybody was on the same page. We all knew we wanted to do. We didn't waver. It wasn't for a week or two. It was over a year of non getting on the buses and they got the change that they want. I'm all for it, but we need to have a plan in place that it would affect the change. And I don't know if not playing or canceling season is the best effective way of getting the change that we want. Um, I'm, to be honest with you, I'm in complete agreement. I mean, to be honest, you spoke facts. Um, there's a saying that says, don't talk about it, be about it. And we're in a position where we're continuing to talk, talk, talk. And the question is that, what is it that you're going to do? And it's not just really, I mean, like you said, the protest is fine, but there needs to be some effective change, like you said. And rightfully so, if we don't have effective change where we're all in the same boat, all in one unison doing the same thing to get to that effective change, like you said, it's just, we're just going around in circles at this stage. Um, everybody already knows that enough is enough. Everybody already knows that one life is too many to be wasted like this. So the question is now is that what plan are we utilizing where everybody is together and we're all going to be on one page to just do what needs to be done and not just like the protests. What more can we do? 
And I agree with you, Smooth. Like you said it, you, you were right on the nose with it. Like until there's an actual plan of action where there's everybody's in agreement, where it actually does something to stop or minimize this, we're still going to be in this position over and over again. And right now, a lot of people is at this point where they're trying to wait until after the election. Like, don't wait till after the election. Try to get something going now so that there is a plan in place. So by the time the election comes, then we could just go on and move to the next phase of the plan that's already in place once you introduce it to whoever is there. We, we have to have some type of plan, whether it's plan A or a contingency plan. Something needs to be in place and needs to be done immediately where everybody's in agreement. But you said it, I, I mean, I couldn't even say it better myself. You said it perfectly smooth. And to touch on a quick point before you go, Ace, Al, you said it perfectly. Um, don't wait till after the election. Now is actually the perfect time because everyone who wants to be reelected, they want your vote. So they're going to bend over backwards and do what they can, you know, to appease you um, or appease us, I should say, mm -hmm. um, to make effective change. If you wait till after the election, no one's going to have any reason when they do anything because they already got their office. They could yeah. be in the next two years, they go in the next four years. But if you do it now, which is actually the perfect time, if they want to get reelected, now it's time to really start pushing that change because after, you know, after the elections, there's no incentive. My suggestion would be to reach out to your congressman, reach out to get in, get in the knowledge of knowing your, your political congressmen, your representatives, your senators, get in knowledge of knowing who these people are so that when you do reach out to them and find out where they stand, because if they don't stand with the things that you agree on, especially with something like this, then you know what you need to do as far as voting them out of the office. Get people together that's on the same way list as you and then reach out to your senators, have news crews you have the tools in place you don't have to wait around and wait till them to continue to talk to their blue in the face you have the tools in place you can do whatever is necessary to get your point across not just by voting but make your voice heard and let these senators and these politicians know how you feel Deal. I mean uh <laughs> I have really much more that I could possibly say or add on that you guys haven't expressed eloquently uh, with your with your thoughts. Um, it's just sad, you know, that we keep have to bring these sorts of things up time and time again. You know. Uh, I can speak for myself and I'm sure both of you, I'm sure it might've happened with all three of us in the car at one time where we've been unlawfully targeted, unlawfully uh, pulled over for some bogus BS. You know, I got stories that will make, that will rival episode of Cops that I could talk about, you know, being that, being identified as four black men in a, in, in a white car with heavy tint selling drugs and being pulled over by 40 or 50 cops with all the guns pointing at your car. I've been there. I've seen that. If my dad ever heard about this story, he'll go nuts. He'll go ballistic right now. I'm afraid to tell him that happened to me because I could only imagine what he would try to do going down to North Police Station 
20 years later to say this happened to my son. You know, these are conversations that us as adults, where we're having kids now, that we got to have this conversation with our kids to say, this is what you have to look out for. And these are the reasons why. And if daddy gets pulled over, you know, this is what I need for you to do to make sure that we're safe. We shouldn't be having these conversations. There is no need to have those conversations. But it's an unfortunate situation that we do. Will change come? I hope so. You know, I, I believe uh, these, uh, this generation, that's this young generation now, I think they have their heads on their shoulders and they're not trying to tolerate all the BS that the baby boomers put in place. And it's just a matter of time before everybody, you know, can unite and, and really kind of make things where everything is put in perspective, where everybody's treated equally and fairly. But until that point comes, you know, we have to do exactly what the two of you went ahead and said. And you can't rest on your laurels just because you think we're going to go out there and vote. We may get a new president come January of 2021, or we may not. We don't know. You know, but just because a president is going to change what happens in Plainfield, New Jersey, or Edison, New Jersey, or Atco, New Jersey, or Abingdon, Maryland, we have to make change in our local government. We have to talk, just like you said, to our congressmen, our local constituents, our mayors, our governors, and we have to put that bug in there. We have to, we got to constantly just chirp, chirp in their ear all the time, almost like a nuisance. You know, if you chirp in somebody's ear long enough, they get tired of hearing that chirping, and then they'll turn around and do something so that they can just shut you the hell up, bottom line. <laughs> and by shutting you up, it's giving you exactly what you want. So that means if we got to sit there and be a pain in the ass every day, every week, just going out there and saying whatever we need to say, and then that's what we have to do. So I wholeheartedly agree with everything both of you guys have said. And if we can only hope that based off our conversation that we went out there and this affected one person to go out there and say, you know what, we need to do something as well, then we did our part. Definitely. Definitely. And like you said, it's, it's, we're in a position where we can do so much more. And, and you know, all kidding aside with the everything with sports related, you know, we're, we're a sports podcast. So, you know, of course, we talk about what's going on. And you see now that these players, these athletes, these pro athletes, you know, they're, in the, they're doing things that are a little bit different than the norm at this stage. I mean, let's be honest. The Milwaukee Bucks um, boycott and to play a game hasn't been done in – I don't know when. Um, so for them to do that without, you know, any issues, you know, without any, they're all in solidarity. And I thought that that was very remarkable of them. And of course, because it happened in Wisconsin, which is the state that they play, you know, that they're, that they're, you know, Milwaukee is in, of course. So to see that happening, to see MLB, the Milwaukee teams now boycotting, doing the same thing. So, you know, I think that how it started was just that Milwaukee, you know, the Bucks was like, we're not playing because of this. 
And I think that it grew from the other NBA teams and the other NBA games where right. teams – Not to cut you off, though, but to mm -hmm. think about it, this happened with a Milwaukee Bucks player already. Within Sterling the Brown, yep. Exactly. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So this hits home with them personally. Mm-hmm. Yep. Over from BS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's crazy because, I mean, to be honest, there's a couple of NBA players that have been through this. Because Sterling Brown is one pure example. Um, Tabo Cephalosha is another one because he had to deal with the New York, um, the NYPD during that time. So this is not just like people are saying, you know, this whole concept of a shut up and dribble. But there are players that have been through this. So they understand what's going on. And the problem is, is that, and this is why I keep harking back to saying, even the people don't go, don't go after the people that you already know is in agreement with you, as far as the politicians is concerned. Go look after the politicians that are in complete disagreement with you in that terms. Like if you are vocal in regards to what you talk about to the people that are opposing your views, that's when your voices get heard. Of course, there's going to be people that's in agreement with you because if they, they understand, then they'll be like, yeah, we're in agreement with you. That doesn't do anything because they're already in agreement. You have to go after the people that don't understand or may not understand exactly why or are in opposition of what we're trying to accomplish. And a lot of people nowadays seem to be below that they stay in their own category and not reach out or at least oppose the other people that need to be opposed. And it's amazing because the people out there, the politicians out there, um, that may not be in agreement or saying other things outside of what we agree on, they're gonna get their they're gonna get their responses from those that are in agreement with them. So we have to be at a position where we have to reach out to those people. Like to be honest, if everybody came together and go after the people, the politicians that are in disagreement, once they see how many people are in total disagreement with you, that's when your voices matter. That's when your voices is heard because. As long as they get the people, the love, the, the love from the people that show them love, they're going to be okay with it no matter what. And no change happens. And yeah, and that's the thing. And I think we all have to understand that change happens, but it happens slow. Um, I know we live in an age where everybody is, everything's instantaneous. You go on your phone, you will look up something, you get the answer quickly. Um, you go to a store, you want to get your food, you get it quickly. You go to grocery stores, you can just pick what you shop, leave. This kind of change has been something that's been systemic for decades, True. not years, decades. So what's been built up and what's been done for the last 100 plus, 200 plus years is not going to change overnight. It's not going to 400 if we're really being historically accurate. But the police brutality is only one piece of it. Um, so we have to, if you want to attack police brutality, let's go after that. But then there's a larger net that we have to also look at. And it's not going to be easy. It's not going to happen this week. It's not going to happen next week. It's not going to happen with a cancellation of the NBA season. It's not even going to happen with this election, whoever sits in the, you know, in the chair. Um, it's going to be, you know, months. It's probably going to take even years because a lot of the people who have a lot to lose are, a lot, are the people that are still in power and are going to be unwilling to make wholesale changes that are going to put them in the minority. They're already feeling like they're in the minority now and they already feel like they're losing their quote unquote privilege and power. So this is not going to be easy and we can't fool ourselves into thinking that, you know, 
some protesting, some boycotting of games or canceling the season is going to make any change. We have to be willing to put in the work and it's going to be a while. Um, and also we have to be smart about what we're doing. Um, I understand people are angry and upset about the shootings, um, especially, with, you know, what happened in Wisconsin, but violence doesn't always do it. Violence and looting always deters and takes the narrative away about why you're there. Um, there's a convention going on right now, and these people are been quick to say before this even happened about the destruction and the rioting and the lawlessness and the funding of the cops. More unnecessary looting and violence when it doesn't need to be, as long as we know we're not doing it. If there's other people that are coming in and trying to affect, you know, the protests that are not down with the team, that's something totally different. But we can't be the ones giving these people any more ammunition. They're not going to go to the cause of why we're out there. They're going to go to the effect of looting, violence, and this is all going to go right into the narrative of why they're saying that they should remain in charge. And guess what? It may just well happen. I hope it doesn't. But we have to be very smart about how we do things and understand that people are going to look to distort this movement any way they can. And up to this particular point, they've done a pretty good job of doing it. I just saw update Bleacher Report where Major League Baseball is respecting players' decisions uh, decisions to sit out or remain united for change in our society. So obviously this is taking a, a grander effect across some of the major sports that is out there. Uh, baseball, obviously, uh, basketball. Uh, I heard the Packers have come out and said some things. Aaron Rodgers has come out and said some things from the, uh, the Packers standpoint, being that they're out there in Wisconsin. Um, not sure how this is going to translate towards other sports, but uh, just like you said, with the, uh, the Montgomery bus, the one way to hurt somebody is to hurt them in the pocket. But you can't hurt them in the pocket for one day and think that they're going to be all right or things are going to be crazy after one day. You know, you hit them in the pocket long enough, changes will come. But it has to be, like you said, if it takes a year, if it takes three years, that's how long it takes. But that's how long we have to be disciplined in order to make sure that the, take, the changes take place. And as much as I would like to think that we have that discipline, I just don't know. You know, I'll be, I have to be honest with you, you know, every, just like you said, Earl, everything is fast. You want stuff today. Everything is now, right now, today. Nobody has the patience anymore. I'm not going to say nobody has patience. That's, that's a totally utter, utter lie. Patience is there. Patience can be achieved. But does the individual have what it takes to ensure that patience can be tolerated to see the change that is needed. I don't know. And that's, uh, I'm with you. I hope so, you know, but, you know, I'm thinking of myself at, you know, at the age of 20, between 20 and 25, and a lot of people on our front lines or a lot of the, you know, the young kids out there, do I, what, did I have that much patience back then? No, not really. <laughs> 
you know, with age comes wisdom and patience and you learn to look at things from different point of view. Um, but we need that energy from, you know, the younger generation. And funny how we all turn up 45 and <laughs> now I'm saying younger generation, which still is a little odd to say, but we need that youth, youthful energy to get out there. But we also need, you know, people of our age and even of our parents' age to say, okay, let's focus all this energy, you know, and let's get at least one thing achieved. Right. I agree. Is that one step at a time? One agenda at a time. One agenda at a time, yeah. Completely agree. We focus on one agenda. Once we get the agenda where we need to be, hopefully from that agenda, it will spawn into other little things that will ultimately affect that overall agenda, the overarching uh, plight that's going on. You know. And yeah, we can sit here and talk this till we're blue in the face, you know. Uh, and I can only hope that justice will be prevailed in Wisconsin with this senseless shooting once again. Uh, hopefully, this young this young gentleman. And I, I do apologize. I've heard the name a million times, but the name slips me. Uh, with a gentleman that just recently had this this incident happen to him, so I do apologize, Jacob. Jacob, that's his name. Um, and please interrupt me if you should find it. Um, but with uh, with that being said, you know, just we just have to continue to, like Earl said, just focus, find an agenda. Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake. I'm glad he's alive to tell his story. You know, because this is the one time we can honestly say that a situation happened and the person that's involved can sit there and say, this is exactly what's happened. And this is the reason why I did what I did. We never got those type of, we, we were never able to get this type of information because unfortunately, you know, far too many times that that individual is always, is always dead. So this is the last thing that the police force probably wanted, especially in this situation, because now you have the other side that can actually come up and speak for themselves. Un unfortunate that the situation had to happen in a hole, especially in front of his four boys in the car as he was trying to get back in that car. So anyway, um, honestly, To talk about sports, this pales in comparison to what all is really going on. Um, I mean, yeah, we still know that college football is about to kick off here in a couple of weeks. Basketball is on a hiatus. You know, the NBA likes likes to call it postponed, where these players actually boycott it. So I don't know what what you know what exactly it is. I guess it just makes the owners feel better if we say we postponed the game, so we gonna still get our money somewhere down the line. Versus if the players decide to say, you know what, screw you, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of this bubble. And then you can just deal with whatever it is that you need to deal with and keep it moving. Um, but let me ask you a question in that regards, because <laughs> to be honest, like we were saying, like we're in a position where like, even if you do that um, and say, I'm going home or whatever the case may be, it's going to be another season where you're going to eventually start um, the season over again. So 
I mean, I think that if I mean, I get the fact that what they're doing now is is, is an agenda process right now. But to be honest, like they're in a position where they can actually do more than just just here. You know what I'm saying? Like just with the bubble. Like I if. Their uh, players association, they're all in agreement. They're all in alignment about all these things that's going on right now as far as the agenda is concerned. Like, what I would like to see them do is go take a step beyond that. I would like to see them at least say, all right, all us players, all these pro athletes, let's let's get together. Let's go down to Congress and let's talk, you know, see if we could get in, hold a discussion, do something in regards to talking to these politicians to let them know where we stand. Um, like, I think that the next level should be in place. I mean, even though that they're focusing on basketball and everything and their, their sport and everything, but if you're going to boycott or if you're going to do this just one game at a time, that's all well and good, but why not take the next step? And to be honest, it shouldn't be just the pro athletes. Everybody should be at this stage where instead of going through protests, and marching in particular areas, meet up at Congress. Let them know exactly. Like if you can hold a, a, a like a, similar to like the Million Man March that we used, that came down to Washington. If you take all these people that are in the position that they're in to go down to Congress during session and let them let your voices be heard, maybe that could do some damage. Uh, yes, and actually, there's actually going to be a, um, a, um, there's actually going to be a march on Washington on the 28th, um, uh, of this, <laughs> this month, um, now that you bring that out, yep. but, um, but yes, um, well, wait, that's on a Saturday though, right? Saturday, <laughs> Friday, Friday. Okay. All right. Friday. Okay. Yeah. Um, I agree with you. I mean, in regards to the NBA season, um, they kind of, I don't want to say they put themselves in a box, but I think you it almost begs the question is, should they go back and play? I mean, um, you step, you're stepping out on that ledge. Um, so at this particular point, if you're really trying to prove a point, you might as well go ahead and just, you know, keep going. I mean, if you're going to sit there and say we're not going to play one game and then you come back tomorrow or Friday night and play, then the whole point, in my opinion, is so what was the point? I mean, yes, you want to stand in solidarity and not play, but what did it really achieve? You brought attention to it. I think attention has been brought enough to the situation, yeah. but that's not the real crux behind what's really going on, so... I don't know. I mean, somehow I think they'll probably wind up playing again. But in, however, you open that door, you know, you might as well go, you might as well walk through it and, and cancel the season if you really want to get some attention. Well, the thing, I mean, yeah, I, I think that to be honest, there should be in a position where they should be in a position where you already opened up this door now. So the question is, what did you do in this window of opportunity that you have until the next time you play another NBA game? In that window, what did you exactly accomplish? I think that should be the question that that should come into play. And that's how they're going to be evaluated. Because if they haven't accomplished anything before the next time that they played the NBA game, then that's going to – 
what would be the purpose? Like you said, what would be the point? Um, they really have to come together. I mean, now would be your opportunity to figure out exactly what you're going to do and what you're going to accomplish in the times that you boycott it now until the next time you play the NBA game. And we'll see it from and see it from there. Because if you don't accomplish anything from that time frame. Well, I can honestly say that it looks like the NBA, at least it looks like they want to lead the charge in something. Don't know exactly what it is because, you know, NBA is stars driven. Yes. And everybody's star wants to say that they've done something miraculous or, or big. LeBron is hosting, you know, LeBron and team, not the Lakers, but LeBron and his camp organized something where voting will be taking place at the, the L.A. Dodgers Coliseum come uh, election time which is unprecedented because no baseball stadium has ever been open for election. Um, you know, other players are doing other things, but because of the scale and the magnitude of all the different things that they're trying to address, it never fully gets addressed because nobody really knows what the hell is going on because unless you're like a LeBron or you're like a super, superstar of a particular league, nobody talks about it. But yet, that's getting back to the point of having an actual plan where everybody's in solidarity. If you don't have, if everybody's doing different plans in different areas, what are you accomplishing? What is the, the main goal? Is your plan that you have in place, how is that in comparison to how, if it's making it work with the other plans? Like, to be honest, everybody should be more, solid, in, more in solidarity. And it seems though everybody's picking which, which plan works for them. And it should be more focused on where everybody's uniform. And it's not like that now. And that's, it's a problem. Well, I think, you know, if I had, if I had a voice in this, you know, for a pro athlete sort of thing, if it's about pro athletes, then regardless of the sport, NBA, MLB, NFL, uh, I can't say hockey. I don't know. Maybe hockey. There's uh, really, you know, there's not too many African-Americans in hockey, but if they want to jump in and lend their support in their hand, um, PGA, professional tennis, uh, even down to the lower lesser sports, bowling, whatever sport that is organized, lacrosse, soccer, whatever, don't matter. A unified pro athlete front would then need to turn around and focus on an agenda and then use the platforms of every team in that city to help organize that change on yet on set agenda on that particular platform. And you can see how quickly things can possibly change, especially in some of those areas where it's not LA, it's not New York, you know, and it's not, Texas or something like that, where you got those small market teams of Wisconsin, St. Louis, uh, wherever the hell they might be. And then you'll follow, in, in, in the grand scheme of sports, then you'll find that the collegiate players will turn around and follow suit of the professional players. 
And then now you're really focusing on a particular city in a particular state. And now you're really affecting change. If yeah. they were smart, they would go that route. Yeah, you really want to, I mean, you, you really want to get people's attention. I mean, uh, you can call a spade a spade. NBA, I think people really checked out after the whole pandemic. And if you really want to get some people's attention, if you really want to get not just our attention, but, uh, you know, other people of non-minority color, you start fucking around with football and college football. You have NFL players saying, we ain't playing. We're going to march. We're going to protest. We're going to be up at the local and state levels demanding different laws to be changed, demanding um, police be held accountable, demanding for better training. If you get college football in the SEC land, I mean, you you saw how they was already reacting about no football down the SEC, and they're going to still go no matter what. SEC, ACC, Big 12, they don't really care about the Pac-12, and we're seeing just how much they don't really care about the Big 10. So um, you want to really piss some people off? No football, college or NFL, and everyone collective efforts goes towards that. Yeah, you'll get a lot of attention at that particular point. You're just going to see just how many friends you do have and friends you don't have because there's going to be some real pissed off people calling you every word in the book, even the N-word, if you take football and college football away from them in the fall. They're already pissed off because they're already worried about the pandemic doing that, especially for college football. Um, not so much NFL because you saw – Major League Baseball go on as is, and they're thinking they're probably going to ride the same wave. If there's some people that get sick because of the coronavirus, you just kind of absorb it and kind of keep moving along. Did you take away some goddamn college football down in the South? Woo! Dude, you yeah. take away high school football for some of these jokers, they'll sit there and cry, cry a damn river. So, yes, yes. You pull college football away from these folks, especially where there's no professional team, you look at the University of Alabama. Alabama. Auburn, <laughs> all those LSU. LSU, yeah. Even LSU. You know, you're talking about all those states that don't have professional teams, but they got a hell of a college team in that damn state. West Virginia. I mean, granted, yeah, they don't win West. They don't. They haven't won a national championship. It's the fan base, though. It's the fan exactly. base. It's the fan exactly. base. What, know, they're what they're saying in the South is, um, what was, um, God, family, and football. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's so true. It's, it's, it's so true. And like you said, I mean, to be honest, and that's one of the reasons why with the NFL, like, it's amazing because with everything that went on with Colin Kaepernick, you would have thought that that would have been the one time that the NFL players would have said, okay, let's talk, you know, let's do something about this. But it was so mishandled to the point where Colin Kaepernick never came back and football continued to go on. And now we're in a position where the NFL players can do this. I mean, has the same amount of – I mean, they're in the same opportunity. They have the same uh, – a, a new opportunity to, 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 to make their voices heard. And has anybody heard anything from them per se? No. Football is still going to go on. Um like you said, it has to be dramatic. And that's probably going to be the only thing that's dramatic enough where it will get the people's attention. And that's both footballs, like both college and um, pro football. It's and then, sad. 
<laughs> I know. And I mean, you, if, if a pandemic can get all of college sports to kind of collectively, you know, take a, take a pause, even if they're saying we're going to play, which I, I want to be going to get into that after this, that we don't have to have students on campus. We can still let the football players play because that's the bubble, which I thought they weren't going to do. But I'm like, well, God damn it. That's how they got football. But if a mm. pandemic can still not get them to play football, what else can? It ain't going to be us. <laughs> Come on now. Didn't I just say the whole having the whole dorm <laughs> to themselves? Didn't I just say that last week? You did. And now because these idiots out there partying and doing whatever. See, they <laughs> could justify the fact that they tried. They let the students back on. And they figured the students are going to be the students. And go out there and act a damn fool. And then start transacting, you know, the virus starting to pick up everywhere. Send your ass home. Because it's not the football players that are doing it. Well, so unless you're yeah. Rutgers. <laughs> you know, and you guys call yourself the damn Ivy League of the damn Northeast. I tell you. Sad, sad. <laughs> so, so stupid. But anyway, you know. <laughs> Stupidity. But they, See, that's how universities, especially those major universities that are allowing their teams to play, can justify mm-hmm. still let the, the guys stay there and play because we allowed them to. They decided they on a Saturday night they want to, you know, house parties and dorm parties and all this crap. And then, yeah, go home. But, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, Mr. Quarterback, yeah, I'm going to need you and your team to stay behind because we still got, you know, games to play. I mean, the kids are still paying their tuition. They just – they weren't coming to the game anywhere. So what difference does it make? Uh, <laughs> it's a, it, we'll just let the local folk come in and sit there and watch you guys play instead. <laughs> that is, you know, it's funny. You're right. I mean, they couldn't have justified them not having their kids even remotely come to campus and the football players. But the loophole, which apparently some schools have done, is like you said, let these kids come in after the first week. They went to a party. Oh, a whole bunch of, you know, people who are contracted the virus. You're not with the players. Get them out of here. We let them in there. We tried. But guess what? It works better this way. Yep. And that's a that's a funny way of getting around it, but it's a loophole. <laughs> you know, and it's it's funny. I think I was watching CBS News this morning or something, their morning show or whatever with Gail and company. And, oh, it was a girl that was on the – University of what's the Florida Florida Coast Florida Gulf Coast campus, and she was like, "I'm sick and tired of all this crap going on. We acting like this pandemic doesn't exist, and we you know just because we we're coming back to school, and you know you, we get a little bit of freedom that you guys just think that you could go out here and do this. Now you're jeopardizing me because I'm a senior." And now I can't be on campus because of your shenanigans, blah, 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 blah. When I tell you there are kids out there that are pissed because of the stupidity of, I don't know, freshmen or those who just don't give a damn, <laughs> I find it hilarious. But they had to know that this was going to happen. And that they, there's that said loophole that they are like, you know, they're all sitting around the table like, like Smithers and Burns, like, excellent, yes, yes. We can still have our football and we can get rid of the students at the same time, and the whole campus is the football team's oyster. <laughs> it's a shame. That's all I can say. It's a shame. 
And what's crazy about it is this whole setup, like the, the setup itself was just amazing, predictable. And the fact is that now it was executed and now students are gone so that we can get right back to what really matters, football games. Like, just thinking about that is just amazing sometimes. But there's out there, to be honest, there is people out there that really believe that this is this pandemic is still a host, which is unfortunate. And so they're going to live their lives. And of course, where this is where we are right now. This is why we are not contained. And this is why we're in this position we are still with the pandemic. It's unfortunate, but the money don't stop. <laughs> and for that, that, you know, the money don't stop for all these teams. I mean, all these states out there that have gross. I mean, Alabama makes said that they, um, their football games generate at least $100,000. Like, a lot more than that. Well, that's I'm, low. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's Let me, one, that's, that's one, one game. <laughs> well, probably like a couple of games. It's a, but my point is that it generates a lot of money. And so. It might be a basketball game. Yeah, it might be a basketball game. Um, but it, it, they generate a lot of money to the point where they're going to do whatever it takes no matter what. This pandemic is not going to slow them from not making the money that they want, bottom line. So it's it's unfortunate, but they come up with some plans. They're very scheming with what they want when it comes to the money. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like like when I sent you that clip about, you know, Nick Saban talking about it's not about the money, it's about the players playing. Yet he had a big Coke bottle up on the podium and Alabama signed a 10-year deal, which pays the university annually $2 million to have free license of all Coke products on the campus. You can do that what you want. And that's all well and good. Did you have to have the big Coke bottle right there on the podium or did Coca-Cola say, you better have that product there right where everybody can see it or you ain't going to get your $2 million. It's, I, it's about the money. I ain't going front. If I was a player, I wouldn't be doing Coke. I'm a Pepsi person. I'd be like, yes, I have my Pepsi cup right here in Alabama. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's against the that's against the contract. You can't have no Pepsi products on that campus. It has to be all Coke products. If I was playing, if I was playing for Alabama, it would be a Pepsi. It would be a Pepsi for somewhere. Definitely. I'm just I'm just really curious now that the students are off campus and all these places that have tested positive for their team, whatever, but they're still allowing 25% capacity. They're still allowing 10,000 mm -hmm. people in the stands. These people are all about making sure they get their coin. That's right. The bigger question will be, do you allow tailgating, even though you know they can't come into the day? You know, do you allow folks to come in and tailgate like normal, even though they can't come into the stadium? Because now, you know you got to pay the park. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, to be honest, their 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 definition is going to be because they're in their cars. Yeah, they're practicing social distancing, or be six feet away where they'll probably have areas of cone saying if your car has to park, you can park here. One car, not a whole bunch of cars. If they can allow the students to be on campus, I mean, football players to be on campus and students not, just so they can play football. They're going to try it. <laughs> yes. And to be honest, it's going to be probably to a point where they're like, eh, who cares? If, you know, y'all want to come through, come through. We ain't going to enforce this. You, I'm going to have, gonna we're going to say it, but we're not going to enforce it. That's a possibility.
Hey, yeah, we we encourage you guys to, to practice social distancing and wear your mask, but we're not going to tell you to do it. You know, it's not required. Well, until Tuscaloosa turns around and has a high positivity rate after a Saturday game uh, playing, you know, West BF, Northwest Central, uh, Texas, Arkansas, Razorback thing, you know, and they contracted 2,000 cases of uh, COVID because they're out there tailgating. And then they go sit there and say, okay, well, now we're going to have 10% capacity with uh, tailgating, you know, because they're not going to shut down totally. But but here's, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, and I know we, we could um, college athletes, and because I, I have a feeling that eventually it's going to be one um, college athlete that is a part of the program, and then at the end of the day, um, gets con. I mean, if they get, you know, con they, if they get the COVID, um, would they be able to sue? No. Let me hold up. So let me ask this question. So did they agree to play? That's and turn around and cut COVID. Didn't have some lung issue or something like that. That's where I'm going. I guarantee they had to sign off on waivers. To make them. They make the university not liable for that crap. <laughs> and their parents probably had to sign off on that waiver too. <laughs> but here's the question. Maybe not the maybe not the university, but maybe the state. Well, the state ain't got nothing to do with that. <laughs> okay. that's, that's I'm I'm just thinking loopholes that that I can see it yeah, going left. Somebody would try, but yeah. you know what they're all going to come come back to is that you have the option of not playing. Oh, that's true too. Or you, you have an option risk. of not being there. <laughs> yeah, you knew the risks. We try to do everything possible that we can to keep you safe, you know, but there's still risk involved. We did all that we were required, you know, legally by the state and by the school and by the, you know, your, um, and by your, your commission to do. But if you get sick, they'll probably say, well, what were you doing outside of what, you know, the parameters that we put in place? I was at the house. I was at the um, freshman party with the rest of the people. <laughs> God damn, we didn't tell you to do that. <laughs> then that's on you. <laughs> They'd be like this. They'd be like this. Do you remember this waiver you signed? <laughs> it made us, uh, as my man came and said, uh, in my man, in the movie, he said, uh, "Not mine." Uh, <laughs> they could be like, "Not my problem." <laughs> And then, and while and while you're you're you now working on that, we're just gonna pull that scholarship that we had originally gave you. Because <laughs> now you're expendable to us because you can't play. Yeah, <laughs> you can go ahead and you know continue you know finishing out this semester, but you gotta go after that. Sorry, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing Bro, personal is is business. <laughs> but that's my. I mean, my thing is that that is is that because. God forbid if any other players do get con contracted with it. Um, I'm wondering how much will the universities take care of them in that regards? Because if if you're saying from a business aspect of it, like are they really going to are they really going to out of the goodness of their heart allow them to keep the scholarship if they're not able to play? I, th I think they'll allow them to keep the scholarship um, for appearance purposes. Yeah. But if they think they're going to sit there and try to sue, I think the minute they sit there and try to sue, that they'll pull that scholarship from their ass. Ah, leverage. Mm -hmm. 
Makes sense. Like, look, we're giving you, we're still allowing you to stay on campus with the scholarship. Technically, you don't necessarily compete, but just scholarships are given. You should know how, you know, they're, they're year to year. It's not like it's a, a binding four or five year scholarship. It's year to year. So we could pull it at any particular time if we so choose. So be thankful. Mm-hmm. Corner, go to class <laughs> and don't show up on this damn field again or this court <laughs> or this pool or whatever the hell you got a scholarship to. <laughs> you know, so. But anyway, I'm sure we are pressing up against our time. Uh, once again, we'd like to thank everybody that's been with us from day one and just staying with us and, you know, and encouraging us and giving us positive feedback about things that we're doing. So we really applaud you guys out there. Um, but for those who may not know where to find us, tell us, where can folks find you? You can find me on Snapchat, Twitter, uh, J.E. Ross, number seven. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am Al Qualls. Twitter and Instagram, I am Al Qualls. And you can find me on Twitter at CatDaddy1963. That's CatDaddy1963 on Twitter. Well, fellas, uh, I wish we could sit there and talk about things that were not pandemic-related or social justice reform-related. I wish we could really just be talking about sports and possibly fantasy football and all that great stuff that we would normally be talking about around this time of year. But unfortunately, uh, society doesn't allow us to dictate how we're having a conversation today. So, uh, you know, once again, just like to thank everybody. Uh, let's keep pushing forward. But just like how we talked about earlier in the show, let's try to get together and form a, an actual agenda. And let's push that particular agenda. And let's actually see change happen. And I think if we could do that and don't expect the change to happen overnight, like Earl said, and we're just persistent with it, We'll be happy with the end results, but we just have to be patient. So all in all, I'd like to say goodnight to everybody out there. Peace, love, be safe, and still no justice for Brianna. But I hope with everything else that's going on, that justice may become just a little bit more swift. Have a good night. God bless you.